All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, September 20th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, let's just get right into this uh, plow here at the, in the top five because we really only have one movie to talk about here. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a sad plow. Sometimes you you plow happily. Sometimes you you sometimes you cry when you plow, and this might be a bit of a cry plow. So number one, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, twenty one point six million dollars, a drop of only thirty eight percent. It lost a few theaters, two hundred and thirty theaters, but it is standing at one hundred and seventy six point eight million dollars in its third weekend. Number two. Free Guy, $5 million, down only 9%. It lost 377 theaters, but it is at $108.4 million in its sixth weekend. Number three, the reason we're crying, Cry Macho, $4.4 million in 3,967 theaters. It made $4.4 million in its first weekend. Number four, Candyman, 3.5. And it only dropped 26%, which is not bad. 26%. And it added, oh no, I'm sorry. It dropped 459 theaters. It is now at 53.1 in its fourth weekend. Number five, Malignant, $2.7 million dollars. Dropped 50%. It added 16 theaters. And it's at $9.8 million in its second weekend. That's a surprisingly small drop for Malignant. So that's your Mm -hmm. top five. And then let's just talk about real quick. Number Mm -hmm. six, Cop Shop. Gary Butler doing his thing. $2.3 million in 3,000 theaters. And that was a movie we didn't talk about last weekend. because Cry Macho took up a lot of our time. But, you know, I still think that uh it it, it it's a it's a movie that is showing that Jerry Butler can can make hits in his lane. Yeah, I mean, listen, this this opening for Cop Shop is pretty bad. 3000 theaters is a pretty wide release. That $770 per theater average is very low. But I think what we're seeing here is you're having studios open movies in a lot of theaters because the theaters are there and the space is there, but they are not advertising the movie. I mean, That's this the is big thing. Th- this is an example of a movie that got a wide release, sort of like it. It did. It's in 3000 theaters. So legally, that is a wide release. You went in front of a judge. Cop shop legally got a wide release. But the advertising behind Cop Shop is not the advertising of a movie that's in 3,000 theaters. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew this was out. I saw no billboards around town. I saw no no commercials for it during sporting events. I mean, this was a a dump into 3,000 theaters. Yeah, Jerry Butler didn't throw out the first pitch at uh, a Dodgers game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing like that. Right. And if he did, that wasn't publicized well enough to get on our radar. 
that's the other thing it, that that it's quite possible that that could have happened and we just didn't know about it which is bad right which is the fault of open road who put out this movie if jerry butler threw out the first pitch at a dodgers game to promote cop shop you got to promote that better you got to make sure we know that he threw out that first pitch that it's jerry so, yeah, butler I mean, night at dodger stadium we need to know these things right right so i mean the cop shop opening is hard to judge against his star power because his star power was not put on display in a meaningful way ahead of this movie coming out. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before that this feels like a situation where they put this movie out in theaters as a way of advertising whatever streaming service it's going to be on soon. Absolutely. Or PVOD. Make your money in the theaters and then... It goes away and someone says, oh, I remember that movie was in the theaters. I wanted to see it. But now it's on iTunes. It's on Fandango now. Right. I'm, it's on Redbox. Uh, it's on Redbox. This is like this is top of the box. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I, I think this this theatrical opening for Cop Shop is more of a this was their way of promoting the, the Redbox release of Cop Shop soon because you'll have a little sticker on it that'll say, as seen in theaters, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a bad opening, but I think it's a bad opening that's more about the marketing than it is about Jerry Butler's star power. Absolutely. Well, let's, before we get to Cry Macho, because I think that's the big news. Yeah. Great hold by Shang-Chi. Very Amazing lucky hold. for them that Venom 2, Let There mm-hmm. Be Carnage, didn't, isn't opening next weekend because it's mm-hmm. now got a, even more of a runway. Mm-hmm. And this, this movie just keeps holding. It's got the, I think it had the, we got an email from Austin again, Austin doing a great job emailing us mm-hmm. all this great information that it had the, the lowest third weekend drop of any MCU flick ever. That's amazing. I mean, this movie Shang-Chi is a it's this isn't a hit for COVID times. This isn't a hit with, you know, in quotations for post-pandemic times. This movie is a hit that is doing as well as it could have at any time. Like this is this is becoming a top level MCU hit. You know, we're at what is their number? world right now they're at 176.8 domestic after a third weekend gross of 21 million i mean this movie is gonna easily clear 200 million 225 million when it's all said and done this is becoming a top level mcu hit you know not an avengers hit but when it comes to single superheroes this is on the this is gonna end up on the high end this is a huge Huge success. Yeah, and and the thing with this though is that domestically, of course, it's 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 doing Bafa, but mm-hmm. it, it's not going to get a release in China. So it, it, neither is Black Widow. So those th- that's really going to cut into its profitability, really. So uh, it could have, you know, it's hard because in that situation, it, it could use a Premier Access. It could have used Premier Access because. That way, Disney could have made some of that more money. But I do think focusing just on domestic, this is a Baffa movie. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, 
whenever they drop it on Disney Plus PVOD Premium Access, all the people around the world who couldn't see it, you know, or didn't want to go to their theater because their COVID situations are worse, they're all going to buy it from home, even though the movie was out in theaters in the United States for a month. You know, that that's a thing. You could, ra- you could wait a few weeks on these PVOD releases. It's not going to be like, you know, people in whatever name your country that's in a bad way with COVID. They're not going to say, oh, I don't, I'm not interested in Shang-Chi because that came out a month ago. They're going to still buy it on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that I mean, that's an amazing drop. It's a great, listen, it's a great sign for where we are at the box office that a movie in its third weekend just made $21 million. Yeah. You know, it's not about just the opening weekends right now. You know, th- this is, Shang-Chi might be the most old, you know, normal feeling box office trajectory we've had so yes, far. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's how it feels. It, it feels like it is, it is definitely behaving like a normal movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which gives me hope and gives us hope for you know, when Venom comes out, when Halloween Kills comes out, when Bond yep. comes out. These films feel like they're going to perform the way movies used to feel. Yep. And the um, comps to earlier movies are going to feel it's going to it's going to seem like, oh, we can actually look at this Bond movie and compare it domestically to the previous ones. Right. Yeah, you could definitely take Shang-Chi and just compare it side by side with Doctor Strange and uh, uh, you know, Captain America two and all and all those movies. Like it is, it is playing at that level, if not better. So then we look at Free Guy real fast. Down only nine percent. This film Amazing. is uh, it, it's spectacular. We're gonna tackle this film more when it ends its theatrical run. Which, looking at the way it's performing, we don't know what that's how long <laughs> from now that's gonna be. But I believe it still has one more exclusive week and weekend in the theaters and then it will be going going on pvod but i don't think that's going to stop people from going to the theater to see this film no nothing will right now i mean a nine percent drop i mean we've we've teased it we've been teasing it for weeks now we gotta at some point do the comparison of the free guy run up against the infamous legendary there's something about Mary run mm-hmm. back in, I think that summer of 1997, I want to say that is where the drops were, were real and they were spectacular. And they both had these runs where they stayed at, at the top of the charts. They sometimes moved up from one weekend to the other. I think the one thing free guy is unfortunately not going to be able to do in the same way. Something that Mary did is, fall down the charts and then move its way up to number one late in the run. Yeah, that Although was 98. Free Guy did start off at number one. So it, it had a different trajectory. Free Guy started at the top of the charts. Yeah, so something about the something about Mary is 98. 98, 98. Um, so yeah, at some point, Free Guy, we got to oh, maybe devote an episode to this Free Guy run. That's maybe what up it feels the millions. like. Yeah. That's what it's yeah. feeling like. It's feeling that way. Yeah. 
So so enough about Free Guy this week because I think it's got a it's got a bonus special episode coming its way at some point. Now let's get to the sad news here. Cry Macho oh. opened to only four point four, and you know it opened in a lot of theaters. Almost 4,000 theaters. This is what they do with these HBO Max day and date movies. They just mm-hmm. drop them in a whole bunch of theaters, see what happens. And we're seeing that these types of smaller films that aren't, you know, your Conjuring 3s, which are part of a franchise that people are used to going to the theater to see, or your Mortal Kombat's or your Godzilla's versus Kong, these t- these movies are just not doing anything in the theaters. They're just lying there. They're 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 not opening huge, and I think it's hard with Cry Macho because, again, Austin, we're gonna mention you again because you had such a good point in your email that he believes that one of the reasons why this movie did not do well is because it didn't have a hook. It didn't have that extra special thing that the mule had based on a true story of an old guy who mm-hmm. smuggles drugs. Great mm-hmm. story. Uh, the, uh, um, what was the other one? Uh, well, that- Grant, Grant Torino. And here, I think here's the, the bigger thing about this Clint Eastwood movie compared to the last few is Grant Torino was sort of advertised in the way a share farewell tour is advertised as the last time you're going to get to see him. You know, yeah. even though Gran Torino was like eight Clint Eastwood starring roles ago, there was that part of the advertising campaign that was like, you know, this might be his swan song on screen. He'll direct, but he's not going to be in front of the camera. Yes. And then he did Gran Torino and then he did the mule where they sort of again hinted at that a little bit in the advertising. You know, this might be it the last time. And then you also had just the great hook of he's a drug mule. Yes. With Cry Macho, they didn't do that at all. Cry Macho, like Austin said in the email, there was no hint that Cry Macho is the last time you're going to see him on screen. And honestly, at this point, I think people feel like we're going to see Clint Eastwood on screen at least 15 to 30 more times in our lifetime. Like, I don't think you you could go to anyone now who's going to, if you asked him, is Cry Macho going to be Clint Eastwood's last movie? Most people would say, no way. I'm going to see Clint Eastwood acting on screen for the next 10 years. Yeah, so you'll, you'll hear it, it people doesn't say feel special. he can't go out like that either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll say that can't be his last movie. Right. And, and and I believe that, you know, we were talking off mic. We do think he has another hit in him. Austin does, too. Austin said that in his email. He does believe that he has another big hit in him. And will he's 91. Early he, 90s. He, he could he, be the first 100-year-old to make $100 million at the box office starring and directing in a film. That's not crazy. Right. Right. Was how old was George Burns when he did uh Oh God? He wasn't a hundred. No, I don't know, no. I don't think he ever reached uh oh, did he reach a hundred? I don't he he may have gotten close. But I, I, I think oh god, he probably was in his seventies or eighties at that point. So people yeah, looked a lot older back then. Yes, yes, yes. He didn't take as good care of himself and yeah. I 
I, I mean, I think that is a problem with Cry Macho is most moviegoers assumed, oh, this is just this year's Clint movie. We'll catch him in next year's Clint movie or the Clint movie three years from now. Like people just assume he's going to live forever and he's going to star in movies forever. So there's it's a there's an odd lack of urgency to see this 90 year old man on screen. People are at this point maybe putting it off. Because they're like, I'll get to that 90-year-old man's movie when he's 95. Yeah. Um, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, I think that was a problem with this movie. Like Austin said, there wasn't a big hook and there wasn't a sense of urgency. We got to see Clint now because we might not be able to see him later. You know, I think he's he's almost like what people have been every year keep predicting the downfall of the superhero movies where they say eventually people are going to get sick of these superhero movies. They see there's too many of them and maybe cry macho. Not that people are sick of Clint, but they took Clint for granted with this one. Cause they, again, they just assume ah, there'll be another Clint movie next year. And, and I think what we have seen now, we, I don't think we have any numbers from Samba.TV for Cry Macho. And I understand why, because Mm -hmm. it it really isn't that, it's not as big of a movie as, say, your The Suicide Squads or Mortal Kombat, where you you would be looking at those numbers. Right. It's more the Angelina Jolie level of movie. So we're not seeing those numbers, but but what I'm assuming is that a lot of younger people helped their older relatives set up HBO Max. Right, right. Because we were talking last episode, maybe they'd make some sort of stand. They'd say, no, we, I don't want you to watch that Clint Eastwood movie, whatever. But right, he yelled at the chair. He yelled at the yeah, chair. Yeah, he yelled at the chair. We all know he yelled at the chair, huh? That was like a thousand years ago. Huh? We were there. But but anyway. Pat, can you hear me? Oh, you completely cut out now. Uh, oh. You're completely cut out. All right. I can hear you now. You can hear me now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were I completely cut out, so I don't know what happened there. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, so a, go for it. Is, no, you go. So, I mean, aside from the whether it's fatigue or people taking Clint for granted, this movie didn't have much of a hook. I mean, we took we took Warner Media, Warner Brothers to task last week, but this is just another disaster in terms of their HBO Max day and date releases. I mean. They had those first few that worked, Tom and Jerry, Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, Space Jam, A New Legacy was a dis- just an awful movie that made whatever it could make. But you look at this, almost every one of these releases now has been a disaster. You know, from In the Heights on, this has been just one flop after another all through the summer. Now we're getting into the fall, another flop. They got to pull the plug on this. They got to figure something out because this this is just this is just the nightmare scenario for Warner Media that these movies are bombing and it's become a thing 
that people have in their heads, I think, at this point, where they're looking at these HBO Max day and date titles as just bad movies before yeah. they even come out. I think there is this there is a stink on all these movies now. There is a stink. You gotta make people pay. You just gotta make people pay. They're not looking, like you said, they're not looking at these movies as real movies. Cry Macho is a real mm-hmm. movie by a real yep. uh, uh, filmmaker who makes money at the box office. Mm-hmm. This isn't, no offense, Frank Grillo. This is Clint Effin Eastwood. And yes, you should have a Frank Grillo, no disrespect, movie for quote unquote free on your service. You should not have a free Clint Eastwood movie on your service. Right. Right. And and I think it is it's also tied into, you know, we're not a review podcast here, but the quality of the Warner Media slate this year, the Warner Brothers slate has not been very good. No. And when you tie that into they're all getting dumped on HBO Max and then they're all bombing in the theaters. There is officially, I would say, a perception in the movie-going world that the Warner movies stink. The Warner movies are a joke. And we got Dune coming out in a few weeks. That's the one uh, film Twitter is is trying to tell everyone that you you, you got you, you got to see it or else you you know you're or else you're you're not a real moviegoer. You're not a real person. We're going to talk about Dune down the line, but if Dune doesn't break that streak, which I don't think it will, if Dune doesn't break that streak for Warner, they are in trouble. They can't afford another, you know, Cry Macho is not Dune. They didn't spend $150 million on Cry Macho, but you keep adding up all these Warner media failures. It's, it's, it's a look that's, takes a long time to to get away from well when you look at october 1st many saints of newark a movie that is a movie that should have just been on hbo max yes this movie is going to come out in the theaters and it's going to tank it's going to tank it's going to be such a disaster and nothing to do with quality i haven't seen the movie i want to see this movie i'm excited for this movie but i think it's the same thing that you had with the suicide squad i mean are we not going to just watch this movie the second it drops on HBO Max? Right, right. And and that's a movie that there's going to be people with the knives out for it because you got a first-time actor playing Tony Soprano. I mean, there's a lot of goofiness to that movie that is just perfectly made for being the next Warner Media day-and-date release that everyone makes fun of. Yeah, you know, it's got a terrible title. Uh, we'll talk about that more next week, the week before it comes out. But they're going to have another bomb on their hands. Like, yeah. they, they know it. We all know it. Many Saints of Newark is not ending this Warner Media streak. And they're, they're getting into that, that realm where they're the stamp of disquality, you know? When you see a movie that's coming out day and date, Warner, HBO Max, people just are like, oh, that's going to be bad. And that's going to be a bomb. And that's going to be something we all make fun of together. 
It's not, you don't want to be, you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in that position. And they put Clint in that position. And I, I wonder how much Clint is aware of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying that in a way where it's like, this is some senile old man. He doesn't know he was in a movie, anything like that. But have they been able to shield the failure of Warner Brothers this past year from Clint? You know, was he aware that Cry Macho was destined to be a disaster based on the way Warner has been handling everything this year? You know, or or does does he does Clint think he failed, which is such a sad thought that Clint looks at this opening box office and, he, and he's starting to think maybe the people don't want me anymore, you know, or maybe all of my fans, you know, maybe they we did lose him in the past year. You know, he might have that thought and he just doesn't realize it's not about him. It's not about the movie he made. It's about Warner as just a failure of a company this year. Yeah, I, he's had such a long relationship with Warner Brothers that I doubt this this will I don't think this is going to make him jump ship like someone we're about to talk about. Right. That's a great No, he's going to be loyal and what I hope is unlike the dead horse that we're going to unfortunately have to resume beating in a minute. I hope that Clint speaks up to Warner Brothers internally in a way that makes a positive difference. I hope Clint, and I can't imagine he would, just starts mouthing off in the press, ranting and raving, and saying a, a bunch of nonsense, and then cutting bait. I, I What I hope is Clint takes a good look at what happens, and I hope Clint's people are honest with him and let him know how Warner Brothers, Warner Media, HBO Max screwed the pooch here on his movie. And Clint is able to talk some sense into them internally and make a positive change at Warner's. That's what I hope. I'm just happy that this movie didn't drop after the rumored Warner Media Discovery joining mm -hmm. where this movie would drop right next to my a thousand pound fiance. Mm hmm. Yeah. I at mean, least, at least that he, he has, there is, there's some dignity to this release. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what Clint's next move is. I think you're right. He's not going to just suddenly shop his next movie around and, and you know, wind up at, uh, uh at a different studio. I, I, I don't think Clint next year is going to be making a movie at uh, Apple Plus instead of Warner's. I'm sure he'll be at Warner's, but I hope he's able to uh, get in that building and, and lay the boots into them. You know, kick some sense into some of these Warner Brothers executives. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, you're teasing it. So, so why don't why don't you t why don't you say what we're talking about here? Okay. So, unlike Clint, uh, there's another Warner Brothers director or you know someone who has directed many movies for warners over the years had a movie that came out and, and, and bombed last year he threw a hissy fit he called hbo max the worst streaming service and listen here's the thing 
we're we're kind of agreeing with a lot of what he said, but the way he said it was was a disgrace. It when it wasn't helpful. It was, and it helpful. wasn't helpful. Unlike the Bo Boys, he wasn't helpful looking out for the industry. I mean, the person we're talking about is, as of course, famed director and famed dead horse, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. So Christopher Nolan, he he had Tenet come out, which was a fiasco last year. He he insisted it, it, it come out in theaters and not not play drive-ins and all this kind of nonsense. And then he and then he threw a hissy fit when no one in the United States went to go see his movie. And he's left Warner Brothers after making movies with them for what 10, 20 years straight of, of most of his movies were financed to release by Warner's. He has a new movie that he's written that he was shopping. That was about the creation of the atomic bomb in World War II. And he pitched it around to all the other studios. There's conflicting reports on whether Warners was involved in bidding on it or not. Most people say they weren't. In the end, he sold the movie, sold the project to Universal Studios. So that's where his next movie is going to be set up. And one of the big caveats, the one that that we need to really dig into is... They had a guarantee that this movie would come out and be theatrically exclusive. So no PVOD, no streamers, nothing like that. Just pure movie theaters for 110 days after its release. 110 days. Bonkers. When you look at Universal, which which was on the vanguard of the shortened window, Mm -hmm. who... Created the 17-day window. Yep. And now they have a policy, which can be moved, which it looks like it's going to be moved for Nolan, is that if a movie opens to over $50 million, it gets thirty-five a 35-day window guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean it can't be a bigger window, but it's guaranteed at least 35. Mm-hmm. And then if it's under that, it gets a 17-day window guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speculating, people are speculating that even if this movie doesn't open to 50, he's still going to get his 100, 110 day. 110 days. And that feels so crazy now. Back, you know, back when movies were being released in a a normal time, that doesn't seem so crazy because, what, 90 days was the normal. Right. But to ask for 100 at this point... 110, 110 days for this sort of movie too, which I mean, listen, Tenet was a bomb. Mm -hmm. So he decides to make a movie about one of the world's largest bombs. Yeah. And this movie is probably going to bomb because nobody wants to see a movie about Oppenheimer. I'm sorry. It's wild that Universal... And also the budget is guaranteed at $100 million for this movie. Now, obviously, Nolan has a track record of success pre-Tenet. And some will argue that Tenet worldwide did, what, $300 million? It actually opened at this time in September 2020 when overseas theaters were doing really well because non-U.S. countries were actually in a good shape for COVID for a little bit of time. We flip-flopped so, a little in that. Yeah, so it it made some cash overseas, but bombed in the U.S. 
And he does have a track record, of course, of being a movie star director. I mean, you go back his last 10 years worth of movies, all big hits, you know, obviously padded by the fact that he directed three Batman movies, but Interstellar, Dunkirk, uh, uh, Inception, those were those were hits that were original you know, his he was the IP there. Yeah, he has a he has legitimate non-IP hits. Yeah, so he has a track record that's not just padded by the fact they directed three Batman movies. But it is hey, listen, if Universal wants to give him a hundred million dollars to make a movie, go for it. We're not arguing budgets, but this release window is preposterous. Preposterous. It is him just yelling at clouds. It is him trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Because look at the release this past summer of A Quiet Place Part 2. Where that movie from the start was given only a 45-day exclusive theatrical release window. After 45 days, it was going on Paramount+. Plus. And there was a little bit of beforehand people like, is this going to be enough time? This is such a big movie. It's not going to get, it's not going to make all the money it could have. And you look at the run of that movie. And I think it's pretty safe to argue that 45 day window was more than enough time. That movie made every, what you need is what you need. 45 day window is six weeks. It's a month and a half. That's unless you are, an indie, come out of nowhere, build every week type movie like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Almost any movie, especially a movie that opens in a wide release, is going to make pretty much what it's going to make in six weeks. Yes. And, and, And like, actually, look at something like Free Guy. So Free Guy is in its sixth week and it just made another $5 million. And so you'll argue, okay, well, look at Free Guy. Free Guy is also a movie that I would say is different than a Nolan movie in that a Free free Guy is a movie that didn't open gigantic and the word of mouth built what is a smallish movie or a smaller movie over time. A Nolan movie is going to open big. It's going to have whatever the drop-off is after that. And within four to five weeks, it will have made everything it's going to make. Yeah, because the big because the Nolan heads come out. They come, they come out. out early. And they're going to pay for the big screens. They're going to pay for the IMAXs. They're going to pay right. for whatever uh, he wants to release it in. And that's where the big money is. And he's not going to hold on to IMAX screens for 100 days. Right. Exactly. He's going to make his movies make so much money the first week or two when they have the exclusive hold on all the IMAX screens. Once that goes away and once all of his fans, you know, have went out and and they they bowed down and, and prayed at the church of Nolan that first week or two. That's it. That's what the movie's going to make. And so 110 days is. God, how many weeks is that? That is 10, almost 20. That's like 16 weeks. (laughs) Jeez. 16, 15, 16 weeks. That's, yeah, it's about 15. It's almost 16 weeks of exclusivity. 
there you, you know you know the, you it'll know be I, out of theaters by then it's not going to be in the movie theaters it's not going to be but, in movie theaters for 16 weeks it just will not not in a meaningful know, way you know what it then you know what's going to happen with that is that it's going to be it's going to be not available anywhere yes 100% there, there's good like that's been the problem that has been getting solved these last year or so with the shortened theatrical windows is for most of the history of movie box office, or at least modern times, there was always that period because of these long theatrical exclusive windows where a movie would come out, then a movie would leave theaters and it wouldn't be available on home video or cable for months. There'd be that dead period in the middle. And when you have the shortened windows, you solve that problem of the movie has its run in the theaters and then it's immediately available at home. Yeah. And and instead, his movie is going to do whatever it does in the theaters and it's going to go away because it is not going to be the next Avatar. You know, Nolan's next movie is not going to be Titanic where it plays for six months straight in theaters. It's just not. And and, and you're going to have that period of time where the movie is just not available anywhere. And, that's, and if that's what he you wants, have that. that he needs a break. Uh, you, you, you would think so, but maybe Nolan just needs that break. What, what, what do you think Nolan thinks his movie is going to play in a big way in movie theaters for 16 straight weeks for four months straight? You know, if it's a Batman movie, but it's an Oppenheimer movie, that's the thing. Not even a Batman movie would have played for four months straight in the movie theaters. It's 2021. Our our attention spans are, are so short. You know, it's like you binge a show and then and then you forget about it. Everyone's on TikTok. He he's thinking that he's gonna have a, an Oppenheimer movie that holds the national attention for four straight months an entire season of time will go we'll we'll start the beginning of summer and we'll end that summer and all we'll be thinking about is is this Oppenheimer movie you you know yeah exactly this is going to be the new Titanic you know what I would do if I was Nolan? This is what I would have pushed for I don't know how this would have worked because you know you'd have to deal with the IMAX people I would have asked for exclusive i'm like this movie getting imax theaters for a for a certain amount of time in other words three weeks of imax at the highest number of theaters you can get yeah i mean i think what yeah i know you can't do that but if i'm using my that's where he makes his money i'm saying instead of we get the imax for one week how about we push for, I get it for three weeks, make the money that way, and then I don't care what you do with the with the window. Make it a 45-day window. Yeah. I mean, he just, it's that's not a thing that the studios control, so he would have exactly. had to go and negotiate with IMAX theaters saying, like, you're not going to show my movie at all unless you show it for a guaranteed three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever you wanted. But I'm saying if you're going to flex, flex that way. I guess. I mean, he's fighting. He's fighting to have his he's he's fighting to have his movie still playing 
for a hundred days on a, 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 like the IF, at the IFC center, it which has like a post stamp, postage stamp size screen. Right, right. Where most right. people can have a bigger one at home. I hate that. You know, I hate that argument. I have a bigger screen at home. No, you don't have a bigger screen at home, you idiot. Right. Unless right. you have a a a, a a home theater, like a, a right. legitimate home theater. Right, right, right. The, the but, smallest screen in a, you know, in whatever your town's indie theater is, is still bigger than a television. I, I'm sorry to tell you, you, you just don't know how inches work and and, and how yeah. to measure a screen size, but... The, the, yeah, uh, the small screen at the IFC Center is still bigger than your television. Yeah, way bigger, way bigger. So that's the thing. I know, and I know ex- exactly. You'd have to, you'd have to deal with the IMAX people. But I mean, that's the kind of thing. Like, if he has that kind of power, and he looks at the the grosses and the amount of people who could see his movie in the shortest amount of time, push for that because you. you, you it is like we said. It's going to be so front loaded. It's not going to matter after forty five days. It's not going to matter after the first three to four weeks. Right, right. And he's setting himself up. And I don't know if this is just hubris on his part, where he can't imagine this scenario. But I think a very likely scenario for the release of this Oppenheimer movie is there's a lot of press. When that comes out, there'll be a lot of press about the deal. The fact that this movie is going to be theater exclusive for 110 days. Mm-hmm. And then what you're going to have is you're going to have, obviously, the B.O. boys, but you'll have the imitators and the other, you know, the other analysts out there who are also going to talk about this. And you're going to have just general entertainment journalists and gossip columnists and page six and all the other sources and Twitter and everyone's going to be talking about the fact that in week three or in week four, when this movie starts shedding theaters and in week five, when this movie is out of most theaters and in week seven, when this movie is basically just playing at discount theaters, they're all going to be making fun of the fact that this movie has a guaranteed 16 week run in movie theaters. And he's setting himself up to be ridiculed in that way. And maybe he doesn't understand that that is what's going to happen. He can't fathom it. He thinks his Oppenheimer movie is going to be the new Titanic. It's going to be the new Avatar. It's going to be the new My Big Fat Greek Wedding that just plays forever. That's what he thinks. But he's setting himself up to be roasted over the coals. You know, he was used to be the, the, the dead horse and we kicked him like a dead horse. Next, he's going to get roasted. He's going to be a pig on a spit when this movie comes out and is just trudging along after seven weeks. And he's out there saying, only nine weeks to go. See it now. You only got nine more weeks to see this in theaters. (laughs) And he's going to be roasted horse meat, which nobody wants. Oh, my God. I mean, it's one thing when you put a pig on a spit and you got the apple in the pig's mouth and the pig is all plump and... Listen, if you're a vegetarian, the whole scenario is disgusting to you. But for people who eat meat, a pig on a spit has a certain visual appeal. Your mouth's but, watering. Yep, your mouth is watering. If you're into that type of thing, if you're if you're if you're not a vegetarian, your mouth is watering. Pig on a spit, but horse meat on a spit, horse meat getting roasted over the coals. There's no one that that's appealing to. No, and nobody. 
forget vegetarians. I'm talking about the the biggest carnivore uh, that you got in your family. Your, your uncle who just eats hamburgers for breakfast. You tell him about roasted horse meat. He's going to be sick to his stomach. And, and that's and, what Nolan is setting himself up to be with this movie. And it's only appealing to the hungriest of 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 people. And guess what? There's going to be other things to eat at the theater. That's the thing. They're not mm-hmm. going to have to wait, and and, and they're not going to have to stoop to eating this roasted horse meat. Mm-hmm. They're going to have mm-hmm. so, they're going to have a fresh movie to go see. Yeah, yeah. I I I I just don't understand. I feel like this deal is him just having some kind of weird revenge fantasy against Warners. Yeah. And also with Tennant, looking back on it, Tennant wasn't done in at all by having a short theatrical window. Tennant was was way before Warners was putting things day and date on HBO Max or even quickly on HBO Max. It didn't go on to PVOD quickly. Tenet had a ridiculously long exclusive theatrical window. Oh, yeah. So he's fighting a battle that wasn't even, he wasn't even a part of in the first place. You know, this isn't the director of uh, of Wonder Woman, 1984, who, feeling some kind of, of, uh, 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 you know, in a bad way from having her movie go directly to HBO Max day and date. She's not the one fighting that battle. Nolan is, which is insane because Tenant was in theaters for like four months straight before it was on PBOD. And, and not everybody has the freedom that Nolan has to just up and leave Warner Brothers the way he did. Right. And, and, and he's not going to have, if this movie comes out and doesn't do well, he's not going to have... A, he might have other places to go, but it's going to be a way lower budget. And then he he won't even have the streamers to go to because they're all going to turn his, their back on him. And, and he well, won't. I, I don't think he'll be a guy who will go on a streamer because it's against what he believes in. But wouldn't that be funny if the day comes where he gets a big paycheck from something like Netflix? I mean, that is that is going to be. That is going to be the day when you know it's all falling apart for Nolan when he signs that deal with Netflix and tries to spin it as this is oh this was always the plan. And we could see that happening. We could see that happening. This Oppenheimer movie is listen, we always hope for everything to do well and we we love movie star directors and 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 all that, but th- this is not this sounds like such a bad idea in every way. Well, we'll stay on this. This is definitely not going to be the last time that we talk about the dead horse on this podcast. But let's cast our eyes forward till Mm -hmm. this coming weekend. The weekend of September 24th, where we have two wide releases and one movie expanding wide. But the big one Mm -hmm. is Dare... 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 Uh, fuck it. It's live. So, Rafi, we're, we're doing it live. Dear Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. which is an adaptation of a Broadway musical. And we're looking at Box Office Pro. 
and they're saying anywhere from 6 to 15 million okay. for this opener. Okay. Now, we were we were looking at comps. Of course, In the Heights is a comp, but it's HBO Day and Date. That opened to 11 million, which was a huge huge bomb in our estimation. I yes. got to say, Pat, I I am not a Broadway guy. I feel like we should have a Broadway correspondent because Dear Evan Hansen, I know, was a big hit on Broadway. It was a big hit. I'm looking it up. It 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 won the Tony for Best Musical the okay. year that it came out. It won the Tony for Best Actor. And the actor from the stage show is playing the role in the movie, though that has gotten a lot of uh, uh, a derision because... This is a movie set in high school, and the actor who played the role of the high school student was a little old for it when the play came out and is now comically old to be playing that role in the movie. I mean, the show started in 2015, so six years later. So this is a this is a, a, a movie that so far the advanced word on this is not good. There's yeah. a there's a lot of laughter, a lot of mocking of many aspects of this movie from people who've seen it, from people who just see the trailer. It's, it's feeling like one of those everyone point their fingers and laugh type of movies. But my question with that is that how popular is dear, dear Evan Hansen as a musical outside of the New York area of the coast, the people who are into into Broadway musicals. I know there's people who are into Broadway musicals all 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 up and down this great nation. Right. But does it have like a big song that people love? I just I feel like I I don't think this movie's going to do well and I don't think I need to have this knowledge in order to know because when you look at some of the like Hamilton which was supposed to come out in theaters and we were watching the Emmys last night and we both agreed that movie would have bombed in theaters. Probably, yeah. It's best home was was Disney Plus giving it a huge, you know, Fourth of July premiere. That that was the way to go. And that's different because it's not a we're gonna make this into a movie. It basically is the play shot. So that is a different situation. But people right. love those songs. People bought that soundtrack. You look at something like Rent. That movie Rent maybe came out way too late, but that movie did not do well in the theaters. So. I don't think that these Broadway musical adaptations really do all that well. And I don't think Dear Evan Hansen is big enough culturally for it to be a breakout, especially with everything against it. So, I mean, I'm going to go low on this. I'm going to say this makes about maybe five million. Yeah, I mean, that that feels right. It's it's I, I think that. The thing with these Broadway musical adaptations is that even the big ones often bomb. I mean, if you remember the producers, the Nathan Lane Broderick version was a Hamilton level Broadway show. It was the biggest show of its time. And then the movie came out, the 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 movie version of that stage show, and that was a disaster at the box office. And yeah. you know, we've never gotten a a uh, 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 movie version of what's the South Park play 
the musical that everyone. Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. There's never been a Book of Mormon film. And I think there probably never will be at this point. And I think part of that is, yeah, there even the biggest Broadway musicals, they don't have the full national appeal that other IP has because people in the end could only see them when they're in New York or see the touring versions, you know, years later. Um, and Dear Evan Hansen, I don't think is anywhere near that level. It's not a tier, you know, it's not Hamilton book of Mormon level, but it's bigger than in the Heights because it won best musical. Um, yeah. but in the end, I think none of that matters because, I think even people who were like fans of this show and saw this show on Broadway are not recommending it. You know, if anything, people who saw the Broadway show are the first ones making fun of the fact that this exists. So I, I don't think there's any real word of mouth from anywhere on this movie. Well, so would you go lower than five? Oh, man. I mean, possibly this this could be. I think, you know what I think we have? Coming up here, this is sort of Labor Day weekend coming up. You know, in the past, Labor Day weekend was always the 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 big the big you know wet fart at the end of a summer. You know, the weekend where they dump a lot of stuff. The new movie wouldn't do that well, and people would just be like getting ready for when the big fall releases are going to start coming out. And I think this coming weekend is that in that people are just going to be getting themselves ready to go see Venom, to go see Halloween, to go see Bond. So I'm kind of predicting just a really down weekend at the box office. You know, Shang-Chi will still do well. Free Guy will probably have a good hold. But I think, yeah, Dear Evan Hansen could do as low as like two and a half or three million dollars wow okay right I can see that right it's it, there's no movie star at the top of this i mean you've got julianne moore and amy adams together oddly enough for the second time this year because they were in the netflix woman in the window movie together um it's movie has caitlin deaver who is one of those stars that is still looking for the big star making movie everyone wants her to pop but you know it's not going to be this movie and ben platt in the lead is just going to be someone that people make fun of because he's an old guy playing a high school student you know so there's no star power here you know amy amy adams and julia moore great but i don't feel like anyone's even trying to sell the movie on them and think of something like Cats. So Cats was right. a film that at first everybody thought was going to be a hit, huge hit because it was such a big hit on Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. Then when people were figuring out that it was horrible, there was this assumption that people were going to go for the fun of it, just to yes. goof on it. Well, that movie opened to six, $6.6 million. And Cats is one of the biggest musicals of all time. So yes, I think that Dear Evan Hansen could do two to three million dollars. That's a great comp. That's the perfect comp. Because yeah, looking at cats, that movie opened December 20th, opened in 3,300 theaters, did 6.6 million dollars. You know, that movie opened 
at, at base, you know, one of the best weekends you're going to get, which is right around Christmas. Yes. So, and like you said, Cats is infinitely more uh, uh, well known than Dear Evan Hansen. And has, so, yeah, had, had stars in it as well. So, yeah, that, I, I think that movie opening at least double of Dear Evan Hansen makes total sense. Dear Evan Hansen, I think, I'd be surp- I'd be shocked if it hits four million. Honestly, when you compare it to what Cats did, I I just can't see this movie making close to Cats's opening weekend. Yeah, this feels. Oh, this is definitely like seventeen week, a uh, seventeen day window uh, territory for Universal here with Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although Nolan, he's probably he. This could be a situation where he's going to look at Dear Evan Hansen being on PVOD in 17 days and he's going to say, did I make a mistake going to Universal? Why aren't they playing Dear Evan Hansen for 100 days straight in the movie theaters? That's ridiculous. Well, so we have another movie that is opening wide, but it's a re-release. Okay. A movie called Courageous, which is now being released under the moniker Courageous Legacy. Okay. Which is a film that came out 10 years ago from the same director as War Room and Fireproof. This is a religious film. Mm-hmm. And in its initial run, it made $34.5 million, $34. million domestically and opened to nine. Wow. So this is a film that could crack the top five especially with something like evan hansen not doing well because the same gentleman also did like i said fireproof which is the the cameron kirk cameron film courageous so fireproof Mm -hmm. did 33.4 courageous did 34.5 and then war room this is 2015 did 67.7 that was like a huge film and then 2019 a movie called overcomer made 34.7 million dollars so it looks like the amount of people who will go see these religious movies are 34 million dollars worth of people right but something can break out like war room and double that right so this film is looking to add on to it's already what it's made but you know, it's it could make it could make four million dollars this weekend, especially because it's a it's a lull. People like to go out and 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 see these films. People who don't go to see movies mm-hmm. like to go see these types of films. And so, I think this is a movie that could make more in a re-release than Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, that's amazing, and that is. Is that what our prediction has to be? Because, I mean, I'm putting the ceiling for Dear Evan Hansen's opening weekend at $4 million. So does this re-release of the religious film Courageous, Courageous Legacy, does it make more than $4 million? So God, it's, it's a re-release of a movie that I'm sure its audience has seen a hundred times already. That's the thing. And it's only in a thousand theaters. But these films over-index at small theater counts. Right, right, right. So Box Office Pro is only going to $3 million. It's saying it could open to half a million to $3 million. So there's a possibility that Evan Hansen tanks. 
And this movie over indexes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say we do. I say we go for it because there's what's 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 the harm in it? Well, let's do our top fives then for this weekend. Well, is there anything else that is opening in a meaningful way? I mean, there's the Eyes of Tammy Faye is getting its wide release. Do we want to comment on that at all? So it opened at number 10 in limited release in 450 theaters. Mm-hmm. And it made $652,000. Bad per screen average of really 1450 and this movie's kind of dead on arrival. So, and you know, it had some Oscar buzz. I think that that has really gone. So this movie possibly could make some dough, but I don't know if it's a top five movie either. I don't think it is. I mean, I saw this movie, so I don't want to just lay it all on my opinion of it, which is not high at all. But having seen it, the thing I think is, there's no there's no real hook for what they did with the eyes of Tammy Faye in that it wasn't a very good comedy. It wasn't played for camp. It's not a movie that is going to get a lot of recommendations that way. And it definitely is not good enough other than maybe Chastain's performance. Maybe she does get a nom 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 down the line, but it's mm-hmm. definitely not going to be a, oh, you've got to see this important drama word of mouth. So there's just no, to me, no real uh, uh, avenue where people are going to recommend this movie. So I, I agree. I think Eyes of Tammy Faye is dead on arrival. They should have just put it out wide release from day one. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think platforming really works right now. I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think everything needs to either shit or get off the pot right from the start. Yeah, because because even if it would have made three million, that puts it in the top five. So, you know, that's one of those things you you open it wide. It's in the top five. At least it makes top five. Right. Right. This this barely made the top 10. Right. So I think of those of those three new movies, I think Eyes of Tammy Faye makes the least. I think the the re-release of Courageous definitely makes more than Eyes of Tammy Faye does this weekend. So, okay, so what's your top five? All right, my top five is Shang-Chi is going to be number one again. It'll make in the teens somewhere. It's slam doink number one. Um, I think Free Guy stays at number two. I think Free Guy is number two. Then I think number three is going to be Courageous Legacy. Wow, okay. I think number four is going to be... I think number four is going to be Candyman. And I think number five is going to be Dear Evan Hansen. Wow, okay. Just barely beating out Cry Macho. And I think Eyes of Tammy Faye opens like number seven or so. Yeah, I feel like Cry Macho has a big drop. Yeah. So my number one, Shang-Chi, of course. Number one, Slam Doink. Number two, Free Guy. Gotta go with it. There's no Mm. reason to question it. I think I'm gonna go number three. I'm gonna go... Candyman. Okay. 
because people want to see that film. Mm-hmm. It's getting closer to Halloween. Yes, that's true. It's the the nip is in the air. People are are getting their 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 pumpkin spice lattes, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they're gonna want to see something scaly. Yep. So so that'll that'll stay that'll stay up there. So number three. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna say courageous legacy. And then I'm gonna go nuts. You want to get nuts? I think I know where you're going. I'm excited. What's your Malignant. number five? Yep. I'm gonna go with malignant, and then I'm gonna say that Dear Evan Hansen doesn't even make the top five. Yeah, I could see that because malignant is a bomb, but there is this weird positive word of mouth about it, or at least about the the last half hour of that movie, and. We saw it in this second weekend drop was only 50%. And there is something to the fact that maybe this movie doesn't drop as much next weekend either. I could see it. I could see it. So are you thinking Dear Evan Hansen opens in the $1 million range? I mean, that's so nuts, but... I think it's fun to to see because yeah. here's the thing. Malignant, is it possible? It added 16 theaters. Is it possible that we see Malignant have an uptick? Is it possible that it doesn't drop, but it goes up? I mean, possible. I do think there's a chance it's like a 20% or 10% drop, like a really small drop. Yeah. That's possible. And the point you made about we're, we're only, you know, days away or a week and a half away from October. And there is, there is that feeling in the air that people want their horror movies. It could help malignant, but it, yeah, it really could help Candyman. We didn't talk about Candyman at all this episode, but it came in number four this week. Only had that 26% drop. If Candyman hangs around another couple of weeks, it could start doing some real good extra business in October. Oh yeah. So so that's that's our top fives. You know, sometimes you got to go for it, Pat. You got to go for it. You got to spice it up. Yeah. So I got Dear Evan Hansen opening five. You have it opening out of the top five. Uh, I mean, I'd be shocked it's, if Dear Evan Hansen makes us look silly. I, I think that is going to be such a disaster. It could be cop shop territory. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So Pat, I I think we did it. Where where can they where can they find us? Where I mean Austin already knows where to find us. He he's sending the great emails. Keep it up, Austin. You're you're doing a bang up job. Yep, we we've been getting, and I apologize to the people who've emailed us uh, the last few weeks who uh, either I responded too late or haven't had a chance to talk about on air. Uh, but email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of really great emails. We got a report. Uh, just going to look for it real quick. We got a report recently from a wannabe old boy out in Jersey. Who? Oh, Dave uh, from South yes, Jersey. Dave in South Jersey, who gave us a, a an update on the Regal and AMC situation. He is in a area where he's actually near two Regals. And uh, the Regals show mostly the same movies and letting us know that he does have the Regal Unlimited plan. So there are people out there using that. Uh, But that was a great update because we always like to know 
what's going on in the stacks because he's in the stacks area of New Jersey. Okay. And there are chains out there. You know, we always think, oh, out in the stacks, there's just one movie theater up, up ways up on a hill that takes you three days to get there. But apparently there are AMCs and Regals out in the stacks. So good to know. Yeah, Dave, Dave, keep us abreast. Keep us abreast of what's going on in South Jersey. Yeah, uh, but lots of great emails there at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Uh, keep sending them. We always want updates on what you're seeing, what you're predicting, what's the movie theater situation uh, in your neck of the woods. And uh, even if we don't get to them on air, it means a lot to, to read them. and informs our show. And hopefully we can give you a shout out on air if you send us an email. Theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Uh, check out our sub stack. And then, you know, we haven't been making many appearances on this. And that doesn't mean that we don't endorse it fully. But Brandon Gray's box office revival over there on Clubhouse the Sundays have been busy for us. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, but I want to, I was, I was going to do it this weekend and then I got caught up again and, you know, we're going to drop in at, at some point, but he's got a community going over there. That's second to none. It yep. keeps building and building and building. Yep. And, and so check that out on clubhouse clubhouse is so much fun. And, you know, maybe a B.O. boy or two will drop into a conversation every once in a while. Yep. And the only way you're going to hear the B.O. boys on an episode of Box Office Revival is if you tune in every week. Because Mm -hmm. could be this Sunday, could be that you're going to tune in and we're going to be there. And, you know, the, the thing about Clubhouse is it's a once in a lifetime experience. So either you're there when the B.O. boys drop in or you missed it. And it's gone forever. So, and in in our DVR society, mm-hmm. and our streaming society, our on demand society, that is such a rarity. Yep, that's exciting to have that. Did you hear? Oh, the Bo Boys were just here. Oh, I missed it. Right. Can I listen to it again? No, you can't. No, you can't. You had to be there. You had to be there. That's on Clubhouse is the only place where you had to be there. Yep. Is still something. Yep. So um, check that out. Got it. it. Must 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 listen. And I, I think that's it, Clayton. I think we did it. We did do it, Pat. And there's nothing left to say, except for till next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you at the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.